This is a Pituitary Podcast, exclusively produced by Pituitary World News. I'm J.D. Fascinetti. Today, I am delighted to welcome Ren Renwick, CEO of the Pituitary Foundation. The Pituitary Foundation is an advocacy organization based in the UK, dedicated to offering support to people living with pituitary disease, raise awareness, and find better solutions for everyone affected. Ren has a wealth of experience in the nonprofit sector. She has led a national membership organization and has experience in building and supporting communities, managing helplines, and campaigning for community groups. We caught up with Ren a few days ago and talked about important issues affecting the pituitary community and the work she's doing in the UK. Welcome, Ren, to the Pituitary Podcast. I know we've been working on trying to get you on on our podcast for quite a few months, and I'm so glad that uh, we were able to find a uh, time to do it. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be here. Yeah. So I understand that you had some traffic issues in you know, the afternoon. We should say that uh, Ren is in the UK right now, and uh, it, traffic, I guess, was challenging today. Yeah? Traffic was challenging but so annoyingly challenging I was dropping my daughter at a club and I could see the club but I was stuck behind roadworks but we got there so I'm running a bit late yeah that's fantastic okay so we're here to chat about the Pituitary Foundation in the UK and uh, I've always been impressed you guys do a fantastic job in support and communication and uh, getting people engaged so I thought this would be a perfect opportunity for you to tell us a little bit about what you do and how you do it and to showcase it uh, you know for best practices so people that listen to the podcast can uh, see how things are done in the UK and maybe learn a few things uh, compare and how they do it here and in other parts of the world so so thanks again so why don't you tell me a little bit about how the foundation started, you know, and how it's evolved and, and how yes. it's set today? Well, thank you. And first of all, thank you. I feel um, it's such a privilege to be part of this organisation. And I feel that really keenly that I've come in. I've been in post for about a year and it's just such an incredible organisation, which has been absolutely driven by incredibly generous and talented people. But it started, um, I think, in 1996 we became a charity in 1997 and it started really interestingly with a clinician working with patients and the clinician really recognized the need for a patient support group and I think that having that at the heart is a really interesting combination because it's very much a sense of working together and that still stays we've got an amazing medical committee who we work alongside really strongly as well as having people living with pituitary conditions at the heart of what we do 
So we're based in Bristol, which in, is in southwest, it's a city in southwest England. England um, yeah. But we have got staff all across the UK and um, we've got, most importantly, volunteers all across the UK. And the volunteers are the heart of what we do. They run groups, they offer support, they're speaking to people living with pituitary conditions. Um, and that is the connection, the, the kind of human side of our support that we offer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've got the medical committee, as I said, alongside of our board of trustees and a newly formed patient committee to really bring that forward. So mm -hmm. we've, we've been around for nearly 30 years and we look forward wow. to the next 30 and the next 30 beyond yeah. that as well. Yeah, well, you're obviously providing a tremendous support. Are you funded by, by uh, government and, and grants and, yeah, or totally donations? We're not funded at all by the government, and I think that is incredibly important. We are incredibly funded by really generous donations from our community. Mm -hmm. So 64% of our income comes from individuals, and then we also receive commercial support, trusts and foundations and companies who give us um, financial support. But I think that's really important because we are accountable to our community. And it, it, yeah. it makes it very simple, very binary, that we receive the money so that we can deliver the service back. And that's a very wonderful position to be in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what you do uh, in terms of, I know that you have helplines and yeah. uh, resources and you do a ton of events uh, and support and education. Sure. So our helplines, I always kind of start by talking about our helplines because they are exceptional. So we have got two helplines. We've got our endocrine nurse helpline um, and that we've got two amazing nurses who are there to be able to respond to more medically focused questions and offer support. Um, it's free to use. It's open to everybody. Um, so there's certain days and times that it runs, but it is free to everybody. And we've also got a support helpline that's run by volunteers and some of our staff um, that offers practical support and guidance. Again, it's a really incredible place to be able to come and just talk about a condition that people might not always be familiar with. Yeah. We've also got yeah. our telephone sure. buddies. So sometimes you want to have a bit more of an in-depth conversation with someone who's got that same lived experience as you so we connect yeah. people up so that they have can have much longer much more in-depth conversations with somebody with the same or a similar condition to them um so that's our helplines well i was going to mention that undoubtedly is one of the things that are most helpful at least for we here uh with with advocacy groups that people can actually meet like individuals then have discussions that probably very seldom they have with anybody else uh, when you find somebody that yes. has the same condition that you do so that's that's extremely exactly. are your helplines um, by phone or do you do chats by internet too how does that work we do phone um, and we do some email but it, it's it's really phone because it's the conversation yeah. and it's allowing that space to talk um, which certainly at the NHS is is hard to have the, the time to be able to have those yeah, conversations. Yeah. And then you spoke a little bit about your medical commission too, and uh, uh, sorry, committee and uh, patient uh, committees too. So how, how do those work together? So the patient committee is very new and it's just setting okay. itself up. Um, the medical committee has absolutely been established, you know, since the get go. And it really supports the development of our resources as much as anything. So what we have on our website, and that is a really key 
place to go. Um, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about the website, but also our print materials. Um, it, it helps us kind of navigate some of the questions that we're being asked um, about research that's happening. Um, and it informs how we support patients in the best way, understanding drug shortages, drug opportunities, um, all of the specialised knowledge, yeah. essentially. So in, the, in that you know, vein of, this, of uh, issues, opportunities, challenges, what keeps you up at night, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about awareness. I mean, that really, that is what so much yeah. boils down to. I think it is... Um, Awareness in two parts. It, it's awareness for people to be able to diagno be diagnosed yeah. quicker and know about the condition. Uh, you will all know the, the difficulty of receiving mm -hmm. a diagnosis, and that's, that's not acceptable. We need to be able to address that, and we need to raise awareness of pituitary conditions to be able to um, make that process more mm -hmm. effective and shorter but also awareness of our support and our services so i am really aware that there are 70 ish thousand people diagnosed in the uk and i would like to know that every single one of those people is aware of the foundation and the services that mm -hmm. we offer and can use it as they as they choose in the way that they would like to engage and get that support be that through speaking on a helpline or going to one of our support groups, which is led by volunteers where people can actually come together and have a cup of tea and chat, or looking at resources, coming to events, however it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think awareness is very interesting. We started Pituitary World News for that purpose, you know, to, to expand yeah. or, or uh, um, uh, you know, uh, broaden the conversation so more people understand that these diseases are complicated and and like you say difficult to to um to diagnose so uh, anyway it's an ongoing struggle as you know uh but it is it is and all of our work points yes, towards it yeah. really um and even in where we've kind of refreshed our logo and our identity, we added in this tagline um, for Hormones for Health for Life. And we did that because it, when if you don't know what pituitary is, you don't know what it is until you really yes. do know what it is. And so we wanted to kind of provide a bit of explainer, um, which again is about awareness and really kind of making clear what our name is and how, yeah, how it affects yeah. And people. I think it's one of those things where obviously you don't pay attention until it affects you. Uh, but it's also in, in, amazingly interesting uh, science, you know, and how the gland works and yes. how your body responds and all of this. Uh, so, so there is a lot. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things there to to talk about. So, I understand you have a very interesting background in the in the creative arts and. Uh, and uh, before you joined uh, the, the pituitary foundation, or you got into the pituitary world. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? And I'm sure that comes in very handy to the work, the work that you're doing now. Uh, you know, yeah, it's really interesting. It seems really yeah. different, doesn't it? Running, so I had a 20 plus year in the creative industries, really leading small charitable community organizations working with arts. Um, which sort of seems very far away from what we do and is really exactly the same. Um, it, it's about empowering an amazing team of staff and volunteers to do what they yeah. do best um, and make seemingly impossible things happen with not quite enough money um, and empower a community and provide the support um, that's needed, but also do the advocacy and the campaigning work. So 
we can bring together lots of little voices to make sure that the the needs, the challenges are, are sung about really loudly um, at the right platform, whether that's a governmental platform or an industry platform um, or just opening up opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, so it's definitely a sidestep, but one that I'm really, um, really loving and really yeah. enjoy. Um, and I made the step. It, there was a logic in it. So I was in the creative industries and then I had my own health experience, which wasn't pituitary related, but it was a really difficult time. And I discovered patient support groups and I'd never... I'd never heard yeah, of them before. Sure. I didn't know they existed. I had no need to, very fortunately. And what I was really surprised by was it was a really great experience. There was sort of a joy in connecting with these people. And it was a real eye-opener. And I just thought, this this is amazing that these groups exist. And I would like to mm-hmm. be part of that. Um, and I, I really genuinely feel hugely privileged to be part of the pituitary community um, who are unquestionably the most generous and collaborative group of people it's it's been yeah, amazing yeah that's it that's been my experience too i remember the first time that i uh walked into a room with other uh people that had acromegaly uh when we first started the presentation in canada and it was it was just a, a life-changing experience for me because uh, i had known i didn't know anybody yeah. that was you know uh, affected by it so yeah, it's a very interesting experience and one that I, I wish peop- more people would take advantage of, you know, that more people would join groups yeah. or create groups and uh, avail themselves of the work that you do uh, to learn how to do it and have the support and get more people together. So engagement, you know, it's really, it's really important. So, uh, yeah. and uh, so let's, let's switch a little bit. I know you want to talk about our, your new website which you sent me uh, some information on and we are we will publish an article that goes with this podcast so people who will have links and can see uh, some of the things that you're working on so why don't you tell me a little about that i know you had a vision for it and it's been it took a while but all good things do right (laughs) all good websites do yes (laughs) yeah um it has been a real project and we're super proud of it um and whilst recognizing that it's a work in progress and you know we we definitely won't have it totally right but it um we developed it we our old website had a huge amount of amazing information on it which was quite hard to find because Mm. as so many websites do they grow organically and you kind of go down a bit of a dead end and you go no I know there's that excellent resource but I can't find it again so we wanted to make sure that it was really findable but also accessible Um, so those were the two things we also had a bit of a problem that it was built on a platform that was obsolete and so wasn't supported so we kind of had no option it's always good to have a catalyst (laughs) to have to do a new website Um, so we took quite a lot of time right at the beginning working with stakeholders and some amazing um, kind of experts in the field to make it have the right um, customer journey is the slightly pretentious term the the right way is that when you go to the website you can find exactly what you want when you want it um and some of the the key points and i really urge you all to go and have a poke about and see what you can find but we have got emergency information front and center on our homepage. that was really important so that you can get in there and you can find what you need in an emergency if mm-hmm. that is what you need to find but we've also worked really hard on our navigation to make our resources accessible. So you can go to a condition 
let's use Akamegli as an example, and you read about the page, you can read about it in a kind of a summary, if you're a bit overwhelmed by everything, or in quite a lot of depth. And then at the bottom of the page, you've got links to what we hope is the most relevant pages of our website for someone with Akamegli. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a one-stop shop page. But obviously, you can find the information in other ways too. Um, it's really clearly got kind of like details on how you can engage with the support services so the helpline the support groups and with the support groups i'm going on a tangent now we've no, got no, the no, local support groups which um are largely based in the uk and the republic of ireland not so good um if you're in the states or not in the uk but we are starting condition specific groups so those will be online by necessity, really, but we'll create a space for people with similar conditions to be able to come together and share experience. And again, it's providing that range of options for people to engage. So we'll have an events page, all different ways that you can get involved, come to events that we put on with endocrinologists speaking, or patient-led groups where people are talking and sharing their experiences in more of a social networking route. Um, It's open to everyone. I would love everyone to join our community by becoming a member. It's very affordable and it's a way of supporting our work, um, but also being absolutely at the heart of what we do and having all of the communication so you're not you're not missing things. Yeah, that's fantastic. The uh, the address is pituitary.org.uk, right? Yeah, fantastic. so we'll put the, we'll put a link on uh, on the uh, article so people can find it easily. But if you if they Google Pituitary UK, you'll you'll probably pop up first or second yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I so, hope first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, websites are very interesting and they're changing, as you know, every day. There's new technology and new things to make them more uh, dynamic and easier to find. And um, we we had the same sort of issue with. Or still do, you know, with a tremendous amount of content that is still relevant. That it, you you can't have everything on the front page, you know. So no. <laughs> it's so like, we discovered, and, and we're like we're like a newspaper. So I, I uh, yeah, we struggle with that. How do you how do you keep that information in front? So lots of the how do you keep it in front, but also keep it. Um, lots of people need to hear the same information that once yes. you've read a couple of times you think oh i've said that a million times but you need yeah. to keep on saying it because there's new yeah. people who need that information so it's providing the kind of the roots in so yeah. whatever stage you're at you can hear what you need to hear yeah it's it's the old reach and frequency game that we used to play in the old days in the marketing world you know communications <laughs> where how many times you have to reach a person to remember the the message and then the, yeah. you know there's constantly new people coming uh so refreshing that that content is critical yes um, and making so. sure it's accessible we're really um yeah we're really alert to the fact that we live in an increasingly visually led society and so we need to make the headlines and the way the text is broken up readable and accessible um which is another massive thing that we've done on our website and is an ongoing piece of work for us because people um they, they they look before they read. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the idea that they can, you know, they read and then they can just go to a link and say, okay, here's more information, and it's in, yes. and it's good information because, as you know, that's another. I don't know how you guys deal with it in the UK, but here misinformation is rampant, and people yes. get a lot of it also. So fighting it that is. is it's a, you know, it's basically a mess. The, the social media thing. <laughs> 
yeah it is it's and it's really scary actually because it's sort of exponential you know us versus the bots the bots are going to win but it is knowing that we are a source of truth and we've got that quality we know that we check everything with our medical committee so our resources are a, a kite mark which is really you know that is something that we hold as a really important value and quality yeah so so we've been dealing with i'm, I'm curious to learn how you see it you know social media do you see it evolving is that something that i mean it's so complicated and so um confusing you know even for the people that you know we we think we understand some of it uh and and when you look really into it you really don't you know there's so much change going on Um, do you how, how do you see it evolving or do you or you know with ai and all this discussion about how that's replacing so much of the work that uh, yeah. people do. Uh, anyway, any, any really thoughts on that? It's a really interesting question, yeah. and I think we're, we're a bit obsessed with AI at the moment. It, I know, agree. We, we have quite a lot of conversations about it, and I think with social media, we're really aware that we need to communicate on a wide range of platforms um, and evolve that, and we use analytics a lot to understand where we get traction and where we don't get traction. And our community is quite spread in age um, and location, and we want to make sure that the different platforms reach them. Yeah, so yeah it's a not, mix, really. It is, and it's got to be a mix. And also with analogue, you know, we still write a lot of letters, um, and we have Pituitary Life, which is our printed magazine, which we really love and we really value. And that has got to remain part of the you know, ecology of communication that we're using. AI blows my mind a little bit um, and we are increasingly trying to use it as an internal tool so it's we're trying to use it as ways to prompt our thinking so not providing output solutions but just help us think more broadly more yeah. effectively than we might be thinking at the moment but yeah. you know we are dabbling and I think I think there's huge exponential potential with it but also maybe on a more tangible level with tech, just wearable tech, how tech can support people living with pituitary conditions, understand their condition and manage it, but also communicate with the endocrinologist and how we can become much slicker and more effective in what we've already got to hand, because goodness knows yeah. there's enough um, available as yes, it is. Yeah, I think yeah. those developments are really exciting. Yeah, I agree. I think that the, uh, the, the fact that it's moving so fast is a bit scary. Yeah, sure, uh, definitely. <laughs> you know, because if you look at, you know, five months ago, you go, okay, there was basically no conversation about AI and this, and all of a sudden it's all over the place, exponentially moving in, yes. a, in a very scary way that we may not totally understand. Uh, I think we don't anyway. understand it, and I think yeah. there's, well, there's hundreds of risks, yeah. but one key risk is about, um, what's the phrase for it, digital inequality, people who just don't have the access to the IT that we rely on day to day at the moment and what how that will be compounded by AI and the speed of the developments and we need to make sure that that is managed alongside the, the misinformation. Yeah, that's a huge issue because you're absolutely right. We, If you're involved in tech or doing what we're doing, you see, you think that the whole world is exposed to it and it's not, you know, it's really yeah. not that... Uh, that uh, uh, they, there's there's quite a bit of inequality there. So providing the tools for people to have them, it's, it's critical. Uh, so, um, Ren, this has been a fascinating uh, discussion. I I, I want to ask you um, 
How I know you mentioned it a little bit. How do, how can people get involved with the pituitary? First of all, you don't have to be in the UK to chat with you guys, right? You can you can be no. anywhere. And do you, you reach can be a lot anywhere, of people? But we we speak from a UK, so we I understand. know the UK yeah. health system. Yeah. Um, so do you have we, an audience? Are... Do you have an audience outside the US? Do you have people that come to your site? Yeah. Yeah, we do yes. absolutely a, a global reach. Um, but we're really clear that we speak we speak we're a UK charity so that that's our kind of standpoint but yes we welcome everybody um and i would say there are well three ways mainly that i would urge everyone to get involved with and the first is to use our use us use our resources join our events that you know so many of them are online um and our resources are awesome and very easy to find on our new website um but also so that use us and tell people about us we we really care passionately that as many people as possible are aware of our services and it's not just people living with pituitary conditions it's their network it's the people who they live with their colleagues teachers friends who also want to understand their condition um and join us become a member it is awesome and it really does mean a lot to us when people join us yeah. um, or very simply follow us on social media the social media platform of your choice even um, because we we put out lots of information and we really recognize that that is an important community that we we, we really value yeah yeah that's that's fantastic I would say that if you are anywhere in the world and you want to learn and see how other uh, there are many good advocacy organizations but i think yours is so well organized and strategically you've you've thought of the steps that you need to get from activity to impact you know that's kind of think that strategic thinking that that you need it's a good case study uh and and, and good best practice for anybody that wants to learn how to start a group in any pituitary or in in anywhere and uh and look at see how you're doing it to take to take some of that positive work so thank you and actually just you've raised one point that i just want to um tell okay. you a little bit about because we've got a fancy new strategy um but that strategy was very much informed by our patient care survey oh, and patient care survey was run um it's the largest survey of uk experience of the endocrine service in the nhs that has been done it ran it covered a period pre-pandemic to sort of post-pandemic if such a post-pandemic line yeah. has ever been drawn yeah. um, and we had about a thousand responses and it's been really interesting and it has informed our strategy and how we deliver it and as you, you could possibly imagine we we discovered that many people had really great experiences and there were also examples where care wasn't at the level that mm -hmm. we would expect it yeah. to be at um, and what the survey really led us to understand is that we need to increase awareness within primary care and also within tertiary care and that we need to increase the communication and education of conditions you you know you you will know we all know the stories of people collapsing because not understanding sick day rules no. that's not acceptable we have to make sure that everyone is confident with their condition and that's communication and education so that absolutely informs the heart of our work um, and we need to make sure that our work is available to everyone so that we are fully accessible um, and that is none of those things are impossible 
And also none of those things are massively expensive, so they should be achievable. It's about telling people and sharing and making sure that we're accessible. So that patient care survey, when you when you talk about kind of us being relevant to our community, it comes from our community. So we make sure that we're listening and then responding, and that's based our strategy for the next um, five years, three, yeah. five years. So you plan five years out, which is really smart. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. In yeah. broad terms. <laughs> anyway, well, I... I want to thank you again for taking the time. This has been a fascinating conversation. And again, we will publish some links um, for the article. And thank, thanks so much for spending the time. And uh, thank you for joining us. No worries. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. You have been listening to the Pituitary Podcast, exclusively produced by Pituitary World News. Please visit pituitaryworldnews.org for the latest on pituitary and endocrine developments And stay tuned for our announcements for Live Talk, our live discussion program where you can call in with questions. And coming up, don't miss the new video educational series called Pituitary Grand Rounds, a discussion show where a physician and a patient discuss their case. Please stay tuned for more information on this. Pituitary Wellness is supported by kind contributions from our partners and people like you. If you'd like to contribute, please visit pituitaryworldnews.org and click on the donate button. Thank you. And thank you for listening.